It's the 920 Sports Podcast, dedicated to prep sports in the USA Today Network, Wisconsin, and beyond. Featuring Ricardo Arguello and Brett Christofferson. Produced by Jim Rosendick. And now, the best dang prep sports duo in Wisconsin, here's Ricardo and Brett. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the debut of the 920 Sports Podcast. Not the R&B show anymore. It's a rebranding. 920 Sports Podcast, and uh, many of the same elements will be uh, involved in this podcast, but maybe we'll uh, be able to try some new things and venture out into different territories within the podcast realm uh, when we do this, hopefully on a weekly or semi-weekly basis. I'm Ricardo Arguello, part of the USA Today Network Wisconsin digital live stream team, hanging out as always with Brett Christofferson and Jim Rosendick. Thank you, gentlemen, as we uh, kind of embark on a new Look, a new phase, I guess. Uh, 920 Sports. I love the name, Brett. I totally, do too. totally, totally uh, gets what we're all about, which is local high school sports content and beyond. And beyond, but still, I mean, preferably not. No, I won't say preferably. It's primarily about high school sports. Yeah, we'll give Mike Sherry, our colleague, credit for the 920 Sports name. Right? Uh, he's got to get. He's got to get some royalties out of this when, <laughs> yes. when this thing really gets big. <laughs> right? Uh, and huge. It's going to get huge. I'm telling you that right now. But yeah, we're excited for this new season uh, kicking off uh, with the brand new name, but also, you know, because we have a lot of things to talk about, as we always do on the podcast. Um, real quick, going to go down the starting lineup, topics lineup. We got prep football coming up. Going to give you an update on that, on the volleyball update on both girls and boys. We have live stream roundtable stuff to talk about as well. And then maybe a little uh, pro college potpourri, as I like to call it, and anything else that kind of crosses our mind. Because, Brett, one thing we know about us three, we're known to go off on tangents, on things not necessarily related to what we're supposed to be talking about. I got a know. tangent i like to start off with right okay. away, if you don't mind. It has nothing to do with sports. Oh, what's that? I'm grumpy again. Why? Okay. If, Is it your back? Well, my back's getting better. Okay. Thank you. My, anybody who's had a lower back injury... By the way, I did it uh, playing some pickleball. That's right. My, I'm doing the old person sport. And I, I was going to say, old per- that you're, you don't move around much in pickleball, do you? If you play singles, you move around. Oh, that's yeah, true. If you that's play doubles, true. you're a bit more stationary. But I, I was playing some pickleball with my, my boys a couple weeks ago, and I, I twisted, and I felt a little something. I thought I'd be okay. Well, the next day, I all out pretty much threw it out, so it's been a two-week process. But that's fine. I'm a gamer, guys. I'm a gamer. He's I'm, still here. He didn't miss any days of any of our live streams, by the way. Not. And there were a couple that were <laughs> yes. during that day was teetering like, I don't know if I can do this. A 40-mile drive to Fond du Lac there say. and back probably wasn't uh, the best for my back that night. But I got through it because I'm a tough guy. All right? So listen. But that's not what this is about. Okay. Dedication. I, I, that's I, what I, it is. I appreciate the concern for the back, but it is getting better, Thank, uh, thankfully, to my chiropractor as well. But. Anybody who lives in the Appleton area is probably familiar with CE or College Avenue. And if you're going <laughs> if you're going east of the city, you're kind of in the Kimberly, Combined Locks, yes. Kakana area, little shoots over, over there too, but not along CE. So I kind of live in that neck of the woods. So when I come into work to the office downtown Appleton, right, the 222 building, 10th floor, West College Avenue, thank you. There's a lot of construction right now. Like yes. there's Railroad Street. They're redoing that intersection between Railroad and CE. Again, CE becomes college. And it's one lane. Yeah. Now, CE also intersects with N, County N, right. right by Kimberly High School there. And as I'm driving east, or I'm sorry, west, going into Appleton, going past uh, N, it's all one lane. There's a long line of cars coming up on, on N, on the on ramp. Okay, fine. I'm just kind of slowing down. I'm staggering, kind of seeing how this is all going to work because you, you got to let people in. And then there's a, a lonely little car way in the back coming up on, on the ramp. I thought, piece of cake. They're not going to. No. Whoever was driving that car, and I think it was a youngster, just thought they should gun it and swerve right into me, darn near causing a crash. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? And then almost rear-ending the car in front. Oh, God. <laughs> what is the... Gosh darn hurry, people. I mean, we talk about Highway 41 and how bad that yeah. is, a racetrack. 441 has yep. been all ripped up. I'm just minding my own business, keeping, you know, head on a swivel. I know my surroundings. I know what's going on. Completely oblivious, this person. Completely oblivious, had no clue, and just gunned it to get in front of me when they could have waited to just 
merged behind me. Here's the most important. So that got me a little crabby, and I got me a well, little fired up. That happened today? Yeah, when I was okay. coming in today. Well, listen, i got to ask the most important question. Nothing wrong with the Tacoma then, right? No. Okay, good. But I have that was rear-ended last year. Yes. And uh, Was it another young punk? It was a younger driver, not as young, but uh, was not, you know, we were in a very busy intersection. The traffic started to go, and then it was on the corner of KK or Calumet in 441, okay. and anybody again in the Appleton area around 5 o'clock in the yes. afternoon knows how congested terrible. that. It's terrible. In fact, I do, I avoid it at all costs now. Right. And we started, and it stopped, and I looked in my rearview mirror, saw the person had their head down, was driving, I thought, uh-oh. Probably texting. Texting and driving. Yeah. Uh, they claimed that they were trying to change the radio station. Oh, okay. Eh. The yeah. rock and roll. These May- kids and the rock and roll. Maybe, I know, right? Maybe, but can't you just do that with your thumb on the steering wheel now? You know, uh, I'm pretty was sure. Was an older car? Probably doesn't have that option. I, no, it was a young... I think it was a... I, they you were probably in an inattentive driving. Whatever. Okay. Got, the, what, got the truck fixed. But uh, it's like, come on, people. Pay attention. Especially when you're merging into one lane of traffic. And uh, this construction season can't end soon enough because it's all over the place. In fact... Now, when I go to like to like Manasha, when we covered the Manasha football live stream a couple weeks ago, I just took Midway Road from State Park Road. If anybody knows where that is, kind of in the uh, town of Harrison, village of Harrison area, and I took it all the way to Manasha, and I avoided 441, mm. turned on Racine Street eventually because it, it eventually hits Racine Street. I'm not. I'm too afraid to drive on these highways anymore around here. That. That was a tangent from Brett. Get off my lawn, pretty much. <laughs> Just pay attention, people, when you're driving. Pay attention and slow down, please. Well, before we get to our first to topic, uh, we, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors, Coonies and Cellcom. Hey, Cellcom, uh, September 1st through September 17th, Brett. It's their great smartphone event. It's going on now. It's through October 1st. Get up uh, to $900 when you activate a new line. Savings are available on a variety of phones, including top brands. Visit cellcom.com slash save for details. And uh, Cooney's Embroidery and Sportswear is also one of our sponsors. Get your, tongue, get your team, club, or business name out there with Cooney's Embroidery and Sportswear. They customize products specifically to fit their customers' need. Delivery services available. Contact them today at 920-731-0922 or Cooney's 0922, that's C-O-O-N-E-Y-S, 0922, at sbcglobal.net. Again, thank you again, Cellcom and Coonies, for being a sponsor of all our well live streams, all our digital yeah. presentations. Very appreciate nice for support. those two. Yeah. yeah, we do appreciate it. So, Brett, listen. We're halfway through the season. We're barely into September, but we're halfway through the prep football season. We obviously have some common faces there, the state title contenders, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the guys, some of the teams that we know very well. I wanted to ask you two questions. We'll ask this first one. Now and then the, la- the the second one might be wrapping up the prep football segment, but any surprises in the mix that you've seen, or is it kind of like the same old same old? Kind of the same old same old, right? A lot of the same usual suspects. I think we were talking about this last night. Maybe what surprises me most is the in the Fox Valley Association, maybe uh, in particular. At least right now, it doesn't appear. Maybe there's that real super team, right? right? And I think there's a lot of very close. Not a lot of uh, uh, separation from some of these contenders that any one of these teams could take off. Even even a team like Nina that is has lost its, its starting quarterback, uh, Evan Van Evenhoven, right in the first game of the season with the, was it a hand injury, wrist injury? Uh, hand injury. Uh, so Non-throwing he, hand. Yeah, so uh, hopefully he can be back soon. But, but winning some games with uh, a freshman quarterback. Now they lost on Friday to Kakana, a game we live streamed, yes. a great game. But even despite four turnovers, they only lost by one uh, a score. Uh, but Kakana playing great, Abilene North playing great, Kimberly had to stave off uh, its first loss of the season by coming back to beat Fond du Lac, which, as you said on our stream, kind of it's back against the wall now. Fondy went zero and four with yeah. brutal schedule. So, but generally, kind of looking around, even in the, the 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 region itself, I guess just kind of waiting to see is there going to be like this great powerhouse coming out of the northeastern or uh, northeast wisconsin or is this just going to be like some a bunch of really really good teams and 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 maybe that's even kind of better because come playoff time there's going to be some coin flip matchups i think i think i think there's a lot of teams but each one of those good teams brett have flaws 
they, they have things to work on. Uh, I think a, a team that's kind of flying on the radar a little bit is Appleton North. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, but we, we always kind of forget that they have a two-year starting quarterback. They have a, a two-year running back, right, uh, guys who, are, who were starters last year and are having big, successful seasons this year. I'm talking about Jack Robinson, the running back, and, of course, Luke Kreitzer, their, their quarterback, uh, who's playing very, very well. I don't think he's thrown an interception, Brett. And remember mm-hmm. last year he was kind of uh, – a little bit mistake-prone in that way. His first season as a starting quarterback, he looks so much better now in terms of running that offense. Uh, Nina, Brett, unfortunate injury, like you mentioned with Ivan Van Evenholm. Got to give a shout-out to Ashton Van Beek, though, mm-hmm. kind of holding that team together in a sense because that's a tough position for anybody to walk into in the Fox Valley Association, much less Brett, a freshman. Yeah. And I think we were all kind of impressed in how, for the most part, he's played. And then for Kimberly, some close wins, and they didn't have a first game because of uh, – you know, a team canceling uh, that first game on them. But, you know, that's a team. We always figure around October, late October, you kind of see everything kind of coming together. I should say mid-October, everything kind of coming together for those teams. I will say this, Brett, Northeastern Conference. We see a little shoot there. Freedom. couple losses now, couple right? losses now and surprising losses. One, not so much that they uh, surprising they lost against Xavier, but the amount of points they got scored against them, and then Winnicott, which I think it's a, it's fair to say is a good team, but but maybe not a team we we could see beating Freedom. Did beat Freedom last week? Yeah, I'm looking at the Northeastern Conference standings now, and it's odd to see Freedom on the bottom with 0 2 conference record, two and two league play, and then they have the league's top quarterback passing wise in Drew Quartz with 875 yards. We're going to see the Freedom Irish this week. Uh, that's our varsity game of the week. They're taking on Wrightstown at Wrightstown. So our first look at a couple of the Northeastern Conference teams after looking uh, extensively at the FRCC and then the FEA, of course. Um, big game. Big game for the mm-hmm. Irish. Uh, they, they kind of got, got to get things turned around. Wrightstown, though, coming off of a, a tough loss to Xavier as well. There's another team in Xavier that has is really playing well right now and uh, on the yeah. ascent. And now should rule i would think the bay conference and win that conference championship unless something crazy happens a lot of talent on that roster and dave hinkins has them playing well and they could be a force come playoff time but you look at a little shoot has has pounded every team right now they they have an experienced quarterback in charlie vandenberg he's third in the league 646 yards and and uh fel undefeated luxembourg casco i think i think little shoot and luxembourg casco play in the lc game this week so yes they do you know i, I we you kind of look and in, in uh, we got to go back to the fa ricardo we're remiss if we didn't mention kakana again and, oh yes and how <clears throat> excuse me how well they're playing finley dorio one of the top quarterbacks in, in our region as well but what impressed us going against that nina defense a good nina defense rush defense anyway and uh, Kakana ran for 152 yards. Kyle Crest, 73 yards. Aiden Reardon, 40 yards. Even Finley Dorio, yep. uh, 46 yards. So uh, the ghost proving that they're not just a kind of one-trick pony when it comes to offense. They can uh, run the ball as well. But you kind of say, well, it's still early in the season, but it really isn't. This is going to be week five already. We're going to be past the midway point after this slate of games is done. Now the jockeying really begins because you almost have the second third of the, of the regular season schedule finished and then it's a kind of a sprint those last three games who's gonna win the conference championships which who's gonna get the the best playoff seating who's gonna get the a slate of home games mm-hmm. to kind of maybe carry you into a state quarterfinal state semifinal so now's the time when you got to start kind of put up or shut up right uh when you hit that week five mark what happened to Fonlac? well we got to talk to sam pluker the coach you can't schedule like that <laughs> I mean, and, playing... uh, because you mentioned Kalkana, I think I believe they play Fond du Lac this week. If you want to double check that, but think about Fond du Lac having to play those two uh, really good teams back to back weeks, and then uh, starting off in the always tough FBA. They started what with Kimberly and uh, uh, it was uh, well Appleton North. Appleton North. Well, yes. it was well, Sussex, Hamilton, and Franklin, both top ten yep. teams. Then week three was Appleton North, a game we streamed. Yes. Right. Then last week Kimberly, which is ranked number one in the state. Yep. Appleton North should be a top ten. It team is. In the I, state. I have them top three actually in the latest AP poll. And my, then you, in my voting. And then you go to Kakana, one of the top teams in Division two. Like wow. I mean, now they 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 fought. They they almost came back against right. Apple North again. Game we streamed down at New Cardinal Stadium, beautiful facility, by the way. That and Rocket Stadium are <laughs> tremendous uh, additions to the Fox Valley Association. Check check out both venues if you if you get a chance this season because they're spectacular. Um, but man, you know, and then they almost beat Kimberly, so they're close. They're on the cusp. They're the best. Oh, I I know this sounds silly when you say it, but is that was that your thing? I I was gonna have Rosie's question of the week for you guys. Okay, go ahead. 
Is Fondy the best 0-4 team? <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of any other team that's 0-4 that's yeah. as impressive as them. Well, they, they yeah. kind of got handled the first couple weeks, right. though. And maybe, maybe, is that the power? Maybe maybe Southeastern Conference or Southeastern part of the state has the teams to beat when it comes playoff in Division One. Maybe maybe one of those teams will raise the gold ball. I don't know, but they gave Apple to North everything the Lightning could handle, and they certainly looked like they were going to take Kimberly down. To me, I think those are league teams. It's a little different yeah. animal when you're playing league teams, and you know, you know, obviously there's some coaching connections, right? Uh, some some uh, some familiarity, I guess, with both teams. So uh, to me, that's a, that's a little bit uh, skewed toward uh, Fondy playing those teams closer and their rivals. Let's but, be honest. But, but catch this: so they play Kakana right week this week. Good luck. Okay, and that's. At Fond Lake, and then Week Six is at Appleton East, a very uh, an Appleton East team that's ascending. clearly ascending. They haven't gotten over that hump yet, right? They're close. I mean, they could almost be undefeated the, the way. Uh... Right, they lost to Manasha, I think, for Week One by two points, and they led Nina yeah. in, going into the fourth quarter before before losing that game, and right. uh, they blew out Appleton West, and then they blew out Oshkosh North. You know, Coach Mark Kramenacher has been doing a very good job of, of building the program from the way you're supposed to do it, Brett, from the youth program up, the Rebels uh, youth program that they got going on, that feeder program into East. They've been doing a good job. They have a lot of good young offensive linemen. The Marks kid is is one to watch as he kind of develops a little bit. I also noticed, uh, first off, uh, Mua, their running back, had 150 yards and a, and a bunch of touchdowns against Oshkosh North. And I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the young quarterback, I believe is a sophomore, Alex Thompson. Uh, Brett, how's this for efficiency? Three for four last week, three touchdowns. That works. I huh? think that gets it done, right? Yeah, it does. But you're Brett. right, though, Brett. And here's here's the, the power of the FBA. They might, not, they won't make. I have a hard time believing they're going to make the playoffs just because of how things un- unfolded for them. You know, because they have to play Kimberly this week, then Appleton East next then week, a, which is a then tough. Appleton North, then Apple, or is that Appleton North the following, the next week for for uh, for Fond du Lac? No, I'm, I was talking about Appleton East. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, let me get on uh, the the East. I I think it's it's pretty much set in stone that Fond du Lac. It'd be a hard time for them. Well, they still have Nina in like week yes. week eight or something. Yes. Uh, but uh, Appleton East has Kimberly, then Fond du Lac, Osh, at Oshkosh West, Appleton North, and Kakana. So yeah, that's a tough slate. That shows you how tough the yeah. FBA is. Not when, that they can't do it, but but that would be very difficult for them to do it. And, and that w- that tells you again. They're a good team that won't make the playoffs, and you're going to find that in the FBA. Good teams that aren't going to make the playoffs because of how strong your league is. It's just tough. It's it's, it's tough to to turn it around in that conference. But Kakana did it. Kakana, but it's been a process, and it's been a long process yes. with Coach Matt Binsfield, and same with Coach Steve Young at Nina. He that program was kind of wobbly, and now he's got them uh, as as a as a conference championship contender. Of course, the Rockets sharing the league title with the with the Papermakers last year, but it can be done. It just takes some time and some patience, and hopefully the, the parents have the patience and, um, they, like you said, doing it the right way. And uh, they're close. They're close. All it's going to take is one of those big signature wins. Hey, we can do this now, and that could uh, propel them for uh, some good things in the seasons to come. Plus, you said they're kind of a, <clears throat> excuse me, a young team. Not saying they're taking their lumps this year, but they're competing. Yeah. As they get older, keeping that weight room, stay in that program. Team to worth team and a program uh, to keep an eye on for sure down the down the line. Before we switch to volleyball, uh, you you were talking about Little Shoot. Is Vandenberg a, pl- a, a player to consider for possible post crested player of the year? If you looked at his number of touchdowns that he's accounted for, Brett, if you could look that up, it's significant in my opinion. Little Shoot is undefeated. They're in the driver's seat to win the NEC, and he has been having a fantastic season. He's got eight passing, uh, eight passing touchdowns, six hundred forty-six yards. Let's uh, look at his rushing. He's got uh, five rushing scores, so thirteen total yes. touchdowns so far. Um, That's averaging what three a game? Three a game, yeah, yeah four and zero. Yeah. So, so uh, let's just check out the, the Mustang schedule here. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably a contender, right? Especially if Little Shoot wins that that league, it's always a good league. It is a very good league. The teams that make long playoff runs uh, typically, but Little Shoot has uh, they're at Luxembourg Casco, home against FVL, then at Freedom the next three weeks. Okay, those are three pretty good teams. And then they I have think... Wrightstown coming up in week eight. Now that's a heck of a four week schedule. So now it gets really interesting, and Luxembourg Casco I know very good as well. So this is going to be a big test for really for both LC teams and. Um, I think you're going to find out again. Getting into week five, now you kind of start. You know, they always say the cream rises to the top, right? So maybe we'll see um, 
who in that Northeastern Conference, because FVL, Little Shoot, and Luxembourg-Casco all at 2-0 league marks so far. Looking at Luxembourg-Casco, they're plus minus right now, 90 plus 90. FVL plus 56 with uh, um, Little Shoot at plus 47. I'm trying. Uh, I'm, why am I blanking on the uh, FEL quarterback? Who's having, Liam Hyges. Yeah, he's having a real nice season he is. as well. Second in the league, 808 yards. So uh, the Fox is another team to keep an eye on as well. Uh, a team that has experienced at quarterback and some weapons and uh, can really light it up offensively. It's going to be, uh, I think the next two or three weeks, we're going to get some clarification on who, uh, who who are the real kind of contenders who for those conference titles and maybe who has separated themselves for postseason honors, at least when it comes to the post-crescent. I want to switch over to volleyball because as great as football is in our area, Brett, volleyball just might be better. Let me mm-hmm. talk to you. We're talking about the sheer abundance of Division One college top players, girls volleyball in this area. Obviously, a second only to the southeastern part, but I think they give, give the southeastern part of the state a good run for its money when you're looking at actual in terms of like player for player and, and the amount of Division One schools compared to the Milwaukee area. I think the Fox Valley Area holds up his own, led by defending WIA Division II state champion Xavier. Uh, I, I want to say they're twenty-two and one, something like that. Brett, the only loss they had was the, to the defending Division One state champion, that was Divine Savior Holy Angels, that was at the Joust Invitational, and uh, they have been just crushing it. And not surprisingly, they are our varsity roundtable guests this Wednesday at seven o'clock on PostCrescent.com, also on our YouTube channel. Look for the USA Today Network Wisconsin YouTube channel. And on Vimeo and all those kinds of things, Facebook as well. Uh, Mariah Potter, uh, Matea Kuypert, and Haley Vandehey. Those are our three uh, girls that are going to be on the big show coming up uh, Wednesday. Uh, but Brett, again, Xavier looking like the best team in the state uh, outside, not named Divine Savior. <laughs> Appleton North also with one loss. Their loss was to Oconomowoc, who was in the title game last year. Fox Valley Lutheran. Poor Fox Valley Lutheran. Let me tell you about Fox Valley Lutheran, Brett. If they're in any other sectional in D2, they're making it to state every year. They Guess guess the two teams they always got to run into, unfortunately, and can never get to state. Xavier and Luxembourg-Casco. Yes. Yep. Luxembourg-Casco Division II power. Xavier defending state champions. FBL can ne- How unfortunate. It's a little bit like Appleton North and Kimberly in football, right? Appleton North, if it was in any other sectional, might be able to pop through to state, Brett. But uh, unfortunately, that's what FBL is. They're going to finish with 25 wins. Spectacular season. And uh, they're going to have to get past that big Xavier rivalry to get to state, possibly, or Luxembourg. Maybe Casco. they can do it, though. You never know, right? It's high Post- school sports. It is. And um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Kimberly Boys. Let me give a shout-out to the Kimberly Boys volleyball team. They they had the big FEA tournament uh, this past weekend. They won it with a 4-0 record. They beat number 2-ranked Appleton North Boys volleyball to win that FEA title. That is a big win. I think a little bit of a shocking win. And, and I know it surprised a lot of folks who are familiar with boys volleyball because Appleton North has a really stacked team. They're a very, very good team. They're seen as a potential state champion. Kimberly got the job done. Now, I believe they hosted that tournament. So, you know, obviously a little bit of home flavor in terms of getting the crowd there and everything. But, Brett, that's a big win for Kimberly boys. A little bit of an underrated sport in our area is boys volleyball. Uh, there's been a lot of success because uh, there's only really a handful of teams, Brett, uh, in the area when it comes to boys volleyball. Uh, but but they really do a great job of producing great players who go on to have really good college careers. And once in a while, they'll pop through and win a state title. I think mm-hmm. Appleton North was the last one to win one a few years ago. Might have been in Concordia as well. But I want to give them a shout-out uh, as well. Brett, we talked about the roundtable. Again, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. Please check that out on a number of streaming services when it comes to YouTube, uh, Facebook, also Vimeo, and then also on PostCrescent.com. Uh, I do want to talk about our live stream, Brett, right? Okay, yeah. So, Freedom at Wrightstown. So, we're getting to see Freedom, Brett, a Freedom team that's struggling a little bit. It's tough for me to say that because you never ever hear it that way, Very right? rare, isn't it? Two losses in a row. Significant losses in terms of the point differential, Brett. It's shocking to see Freedom at that position. I'm not saying it's a must win, but when it's a rivalry game against Wrightstown, it almost is a, route, uh, a must win, isn't it? Again, I keep saying week five, you're at the halfway point, and you don't want to fall to 0-3 in the conference and 2-3 and overall because all of a sudden then mm, our playoff spot is, is, is looking to be in slight danger. And and if you're Freedom, you're looking at a, a Wrightstown team that's a, a little wounded after losing to Xavier last week. Uh, maybe it's an opportunity to get them, or on the other hand, uh, maybe the Tigers are saying, 
uh, we, we took one on the chin last week, and, and uh, we're not going to get that uh, two weeks in a row, especially when it's a long-time rival back to their Olympian Conference days. So I'm, I'm really intrigued. We always like checking out these Northeastern Conference uh, schools as well. It's, it's one of the core leagues in our coverage area, without a doubt, next to the Fox Valley Association when, when talking about uh, the post-Crescent area. And uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I want to see Drew Quartz and kind of that. It's strange to see freedom uh airing it out right that much, yeah, I yeah. guess you know but uh you know Wrightstown's gonna do its thing right yep, uh, it's running team and uh so it should be fun actually rosie and i are heading over to Wrightstown this afternoon yes. to yes. meet with craig hayes and and matt uh, the it guru over there just make sure everything's good to go it's been a few years since we've streamed a game at, at Wrightstown high school uh football game so i'm looking forward to it love 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 checking it out and who knows uh, we might get some more Northeastern uh, Conference flavor later in the season as well as we, we get ready for the playoffs. But it, it's a big game. It's a big game in, in, in the NEC for Freedom's got to get get things turned around. Otherwise, again, as I said, they're teetering yeah. on, on uh, making the playoffs if, if they get on a little bit of a skid here. It's go time, yeah. really, when it comes to, the, uh, to, to high school football. It's go time now. Hey, award show, Brett. Okay. I'm going to let you talk about this a little bit because you know all the details about where we're at right now. But I think everything looks good in terms of having the show uh, in a live event setting. Yes. Uh, so we got word uh, that uh, we are on the live in-person roster. No matter what. No matter what. Uh, finally for the Northeastern Northeast Wisconsin High School Sports Award show. That was the plan this past year. And... Uh, seemed like all systems were go as we were preparing. And then out of our control, <clears throat> we were told that uh, uh, us and a number of programs throughout the, the, the company, they were just weren't going to move forward with it. So to our credit, and we'll pat ourselves on the back, I think we came up with a great solution. Us and our friends down at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel as well, they were in the same boat as us. Uh, pivoted quickly and, and were able to produce, uh, I thought, a pretty darn good virtual show. And Rosie did a great job putting that video together. And I thought we all did a good job of recording um, bits or segments or, or whatever. So we were able to kind of keep the train rolling, give out awards to those who deserved it, and uh, not, and, and, and honor the, the, the kids that I think they've come to expect, right? Uh, they expect these shows, these, these season-ending shows. It's a great way to celebrate all the great high school talent around here. Um, in northeast Wisconsin, the Fox Valley, even in central Wisconsin, too. Our friends out there, they're part of the show, Stevens Point, Wassa, Rapids, Marshfield. So once we got that done in June, we celebrated, had some pizza, and then we started to wonder, well, I wonder what's next. <clears throat> and, uh, well, as it came out that um, I think our events team sort of looked at, okay, which markets really does this resonate with, does it do well, and let's commit to those markets and and luckily for us <clears throat> and our friends at the, the journal sentinel we're back on the, the schedule and like you said ricardo i we've all been told it's happening no matter what so yeah. right now we are working on coming up with dates that work for us you know it could be may might be early june-ish somewhere around there and uh the venue uh there's a little up in the air right now about the venue and obviously the only two choices are the Lambeau Field Atrium in Green Bay where we've done shows before or right down the road from us here in Appleton the Fox City's Performing Arts Center and uh, those are the two venues that I know our events team is looking at and uh, whatever works works both are great Lambeau Field's Lambeau Field there's mystique to it no doubt about it but we've done one show with Michael Phelps in 2019 mm. at the PSA and it was, it was spectacular I think we had 1400 people it was great in there that night that that's really a perfect setup but i do understand why people like the excitement of going to lambeau field and being part of that historic stadium and in, in the packers so but yeah we're we're off and running we just had our first meeting last week and uh, more information to come but it's on it'll be in the spring we'll have a live show we'll have a celebrity guest you and i will do the emceeing rosie will probably be there running the live stream and uh We'll just kind of figure out the details as they as we find out. Brett, you put you put my mind at ease. Uh, no matter what, that's what I care about. No matter what, because that's one of our favorite things to do. It you is, you know, and it's a great way to 
to honor the, the great athletes that are in our area. And they deserve this kind of treatment, right? They deserve the kind of red carpet and for them all to get dolled up and, and, and to interact with each other, you know, seeing all your, your other, well, competitors, but you're all, you're all together there uh, to be honored uh, in, in, a, in a great, can you think of a better place than, uh, in terms of aesthetics? There's no place, no better place in the atrium there at Lambeau Field. I think the kids like it. They I think, do. I think they like getting dolled up, and yep. I think their parents are taking pictures, yes. you know, and red carpet type stuff. That's, that's a big deal. That's scrapbook stuff. Yeah. Great, great memories. And, um, but no matter what, <laughs> I'm still going to take no matter what to mean that even if uh, they pull the plug again, we'll still do. Yes. We'll still do something. We'll but, figure something out. But no, I. it sounds like it's it's 100% going to happen. Uh, and I think we've got some some sponsor interest as well which is a good thing but looking forward to it and you know we'll start announcing our, our fall nominees uh you know after thanksgiving or maybe that late november early december we'll start getting the fall sports nominees out and all of a sudden you know how the calendar goes i don't know what do they say the the weeks are long but the years fly by is, is that this is, is that, that the, the same, same? Mm-hmm. that sounds familiar so, yeah. some, something like that and all of a sudden you know we figure that we feel like we just got that show done but look at this, it's already week five for high school football. We're in mid-September already. Right. All of a sudden, it is going to be the holidays. Next thing you know, we're announcing nominees, and then we're scurrying. It's, and it's going to be February, March, and we're like, where did the, where did the time go? Right. It just does fly by. It does. Hey, we're going to transition to our final segment. Uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, you know the pro game uh, when it comes to football, uh, maybe a few other things as well. Got to start with Rodgers, Brett. Something happened? Yeah, yesterday. It's oh. uh, we're, we're 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 recording this on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, late last night. Uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock, I haven't heard this yet. But Rogers out for the season with that torn Achilles. Four plays in. Four plays in, and uh, we never even got to see what he could do uh, as a New York Jet. Oh. At least so far, right? Uh, we don't know. But Brett, that's an old man, relatively speaking, in the NFL. Yeah, and to come back from an Achilles, a torn Achilles. That's a long rehab, and you know he said prior to this that he wanted to play till he was forty-five. I don't know if this changes his mentality in that way at all. Did he really? He said that he wanted to play as long as Tom Brady did up to forty. See that change? I remember a few years back he was like, "No, I, I'm not going to play that long." So I, I, <laughs> obviously his mind changed, but I don't know. He, you know, he's going to try to come back. He's not going to go out like this. No, I There's never did. No I way. think he would go out like this. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, he'll be forty years old in December, and then you know, so you got a full off-season, a full-season and off-season rehab, and those are tricky injuries to come back from. Then he's 40 going on 41, doesn't move around like he used to. I don't care how much effort you put in. Father time is father time, right? As as our bodies age, we just can't do what we did when we were 19, 20 years old. And I can certainly speak with this creaky back that I'm dealing with right now. It just doesn't heal as fast as maybe it did 20 years ago, but... Now you're talking about a sport. Now, of course, quarterbacks are protected now. But still, he takes some shots. That offensive line is not good with the Jets. Um, but I'm not going to put it past him that he couldn't come back. I'm just wondering how effective he will be when he does come back. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's too bad. Um, I think it stinks. I was really interested and intrigued to see how that was all going to play out. We were doing our Clubhouse Live show last night. Yes. And as we wrapped up at the Fox Club over at uh, Neuroscience Group Field at Fox City Stadium, shameless plug, Monday night, 6.30, new new space, new venue. Um, that's our Packers show. As we signed off, all of a sudden, uh, folks in the audience were like, hey, did you hear about Aaron Rodgers went out? And then you came up to me and said he was carted off. I'm like, wow, what's going on? And right. then you see the the replays and then then they really, of course, they slow it down and you can see his like calf kind of like oh, jiggle because you Th- can that see it, it's snapping. That to me, high definition, yeah. gives you this access to things maybe that you don't want to see in some ways, right? Right, but cool. it's I, I think it's too bad. I, it was one, it was one of the big storylines of the NFL, and and I feel I feel bad for Jets fans. I really do because they, they, it's been a lousy organization for the most part. They're geeked up, they're jazzed up, they think that they're a Super Bowl contender. Their defense is Super Bowl caliber. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and then four plays in, all of a sudden you're looking at Rodgers back down on the turf and and you could see that like if you saw the replays like robert sala the head coach like he had that that blank <laughs> stare like are you kidding me? like you just that feeling in his stomach probably like what just happened here and then of course the news uh they, they pretty much had it confirmed last night that he tore his achilles they just needed the mri this morning but it's it's too bad um 
I have nothing against Aaron Rodgers. He gave the Packers 18 great seasons, 15 as a starter. All Packers fans should be celebrating this guy. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. Nobody should be. Nobody in Green Bay should be celebrating this injury, and I don't think they are. But sometimes you hear. We heard a, a few little whispers at the clubhouse last night saying, "You know, no, there was it was an amicable separation. Yes, he was ready to move on. The Packers are ready to move on. That's what happens in sports. Celebrate this guy because he's going to come back in a few years and have his number retired and." going to the Hall of Fame as, as a Packer. and um, I just hope he can get back. But I, I do question very few quarterbacks past the age of 40, right? except for one, have really accomplished much of anything. And that so that, that that's the exception, right? Not the rule as far as what Tom Brady was able to do. Rosie, how long will he play? Uh, I think he'll <clears throat> I think he'll go for another, I'm going to say two seasons. I'm gonna say he's he is not the type of person that's gonna let this uh let he's not gonna go out like Brett said. He's not gonna go out like that. I'm gonna say two seasons. Two I, more seasons. I, I was I was fired up as to uh how he was gonna he was gonna do. I mean he needed to move on. It was just he wasn't happy here. Everybody was happy with what went down and and he gets four plays into it, and he completely throws my fantasy team into disarray. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go. I'm kidding. He doesn't. It's not his fault. Um, you yeah. did draft him. Is that what you said? I saying? did. Okay. I did. You betcha. He All was right. there. So I'm like, why? Why shouldn't I take him? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think. I mean, he keeps himself in good shape. So yeah, he does. He I, does. In good I shape. think you know, and the over forty quarterback was that George Blanda you were referring to? No, or? Oh, no, Brady. I'm, I'm, oh, okay. kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, well, Warren Moon. <laughs> Warren Moon. Warren, played. Warren Moon. But yeah, I think he will. Um, he just seems to have that kind of mentality. But then again, you know, I could be wrong. He could come back for one year and decide, yeah, you know, this isn't worth it. But I'm going to say two. I was kind of looking at Vinny Testaverde's stats because what was they were talking about comparing the two, right? Vinny Testaverde got hurt right away in 1999. He played one game. Uh, it was okay. Like, it was like very early in oh. that in that that one game that season. That I think they had a, a Super Bowl contender, and I, I think he popped his Achilles. And was out, and but he ended up coming back and playing one, two, three, four, five, six, eight more years into his forty fours. Of course, a very nondescript run for the most part for Vinny Testaverde. But you know, med- medical medicine is not different now than it was back then in the in the late nineties, early two thousands. But that's still a tough injury. And, it is. Uh, it's Achilles. Yeah. 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 Hey, listen, uh, Packer fans were were pretty high the last couple of days because of the big win. Uh, over Chicago, uh, this is related to Rodgers because of the whole Love situation. Now, Love looked good uh, in terms of, of, of doing what he had to do. He had, he had some nice help around him, no doubt about it, Brett. He made the plays. We were talking about before, I know we talked about the offense and how it would look because it's LaFleur's offense, you know, rather than Rodgers' offense where he kind of changed things up a little bit. Is this kind of what Packer fans are going to see this season in terms of, of Love playing within the system? I think so. I don't think Love is, is – I think he's all into the play calls. Uh, I don't think he's going to – there's not going to be too much given pushback, let's just say. Um, so I don't think you're going to see Jordan Love go to the line and just pretty much say, no, nah, I don't like this, Paul. I don't like this call. I'm going to change everything up here. Uh, I, but it seems to work with San Francisco right now because they are kind of, kind of a similar setup, and they're winning games with Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, last year, who I think is running the offense, right? I mean, isn't that – always drives me crazy. Well, he's a product of the system. Well, yeah, uh, the quarterbacks are there. You, you put the quarterbacks in the best position to succeed. So you're a product of the system. That doesn't mean you don't have talent, right. obviously. So I think uh, they'll utilize love. It seemed to be a little bit of a feeling out process against the Bears in week one because I thought the first half play calling, frankly, was not good. Mm-hmm. Where was Aaron Jones? This was supposed to be a run-oriented offense, especially when you're all Christian Watson. And then they finally kind of got going with Aaron Jones, and, and then you kind of started to see things loosen up a little bit and kind of be a little bit more creative with what you can do why, with your why best does he offensive do weapon. I don't know. Guys because don't know. Uh, as I mentioned at the show, the Packers show, Jones is a noted Bears killer. He ha- he, there hasn't been a time where he hasn't had a good game against them. And and then what, are you trying to prove something here? It's just funny how the minute they started you know, really concentrating with Jones that they really kind of took off. 
I don't know. Maybe they're. I, I understand that Jones is an electrifying playmaker, and you want to kind of keep his touches at a, at a minimum, or not at a minimum, but at a certain level where you know he's going to be healthy the rest of the year. But come on, go with your big gun. He disappeared for a while in the first half, yeah. and I think a lot of uh, Packer fans out there were like, "What is going on here?" He needs to be out there to help Aaron uh, to help Jordan Love, right? I mean, he takes a little bit of the pressure off of Love, but I tell you, this is my, my, my thing with Love, you can see glimpses of whoa. whoa. He can throw some some of those some balls he throws are like wow throws. Now other times he's not as accurate. I think fans have to get used to that. You're not going to have that consistent. I don't think pinpoint accuracy like you always saw with Aaron Rodgers. It's just very few quarterbacks are at that level. But I think Jordan Love could be pretty darn good. And I think you're just going to see it. He's only 24 years old. He's going to continue to grow as he gets used to taking snaps, getting game reps, and uh, hopefully a Christian Watson comes back and you kind of have your full arsenal of, of weaponry that that you, that you can use and i think packer fans should be pretty excited that he's got a big arm he's got a cannon for an arm he can throw any throw and um you know we talked about this with john coon on our clubhouse live opener last week we had john coon on the, the packers fullback the pro bowl all pro and uh maybe is this the formula you draft a quarterback who's got a talent let him sit for a few years. Don't throw him into old the, school. Don't throw him into the wolves right away. Right, you yeah. see so many of these teams right out of college. Okay, you're starting, and there's just too much to to yeah. handle. And then they just kind of cave in, and they never realize. Like Rodgers was not ready in in year right. one. You saw that when he would come in and play. It's like this guy's going to take over for Brett Favre. All of a sudden, it clicked in year three against the Cowboys, where he kind of started to light it up. Saw that a little bit with Jordan Love last year. Comes in year three against the Eagles. Wow, he's making some nice throws out there. He's looks like he's in command. Maybe that's the formula, right? right? Draft a quarterback when you don't necessarily need it. Let him sit. Let him be groomed a little bit, so you're not thrown into the wolves. And then and then you take off. The key, of course, in doing that is you got to find a guy that's got some talent. And I think Jordan Love definitely has a lot of talent. And you got the you got to be patient because it's a microwave society. You right. want to see everything. That's not always the case, you know. You start that. When did that change? Because it used to be that way. I don't want to venture too much into this, but it, that's the way it used to be. You drafted a quarterback, and he sat for a few years to learn the offense. Then all of a sudden, that changed. Where, like, like you know, Carolina now this year, Houston, they're throwing their quarterbacks right out there. Colts too. Yeah, Colts yeah. too. And it, it's uh, to me, yeah. it's like. Let's go back to old school. That's a little tried and true, right? Maybe uh, it's funny you bring that up because I was thinking recently about that early run when Holmgren took over for for the Packers. Favre came in when Domikowski went out. They went nine and seven, nine and seven, and nine and seven those first three years, and there were some struggles with Favre. Today, the coach would be on the hot seat, and Favre would have been on the hot seat. Back then, in the ninety two, ninety three, ninety four seasons, there was patience. Let's see how this comes together. You know, in three straight nine and seven seasons, everybody's kind of getting frustrated. Today right. would get frustrated. Like, yes. What's going on? Yes, you say that exactly. That, back, that exactly would happen. Back then, you could kind of see, okay, they're kind of a build here. And then that year four in 95, when they went 11 and five, and Favre won as the first of his three straight MVPs, then it, boom, took off. Yeah. And uh, I don't know when it changed, but one of the things that benefit, the thing that benefits the Packers, and I've heard others mention it, there's no owner. There's no owner uh, holding your feet to the fire. There, there's a little bit more wiggle room here. You can be a little bit more patient. I mean, there's a team president, but there's not an owner with deep pockets saying, we're paying this guy. we got to get him out on the field. You know, yeah. there's uh, the ability to be patient. That's a unique situation for the Packers. Absolutely. Do I have one question for yes. both of you? It's probably going to be no. But, I mean, what do you guys think, even though the trade talks are dead now, they're supposedly dead, but the Packers did have uh, – they had a contract – ready and they offered the Colts two mid-round picks for Jonathan Taylor. Now they say the talks are dead, but do you think that's something that they may look into further in the season? That would have to be a, that would have to require a significant injury. Two things would have to occur. They'd have to be a serious injury injury I think to Jones, not so much Dylan, and two, the Packers would have to be in playoff contention. Yeah. to win the division. I still don't see them making that move. Number one, because Taylor wants money. Yeah. You know? That's why when I read that they had a contract already set up, I'm like, how are they going to pay him? Yeah, but, the Packers are already trying to bleed off some dollars. Yeah. So, But they'll have more money next year. <clears throat> that is true. Aaron Rodgers is yeah. off the books then after after this year, to my understanding. But 
We talked about that last night. Uh, could you imagine a backfield with Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylor yeah. helping Jeez. this team? Yikes. Yeah, that's 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 explosive. Yeah. yeah. They're both different, too. And I know none of them are really punishing backs, but Taylor's just a different back than Jones, and that would be spectacular to watch. I'm not going to lie to you. That's and, a you know, there are more field. trades now that happen in the NFL. It used to be just never yeah. – Never. There were no NFL trades. Now there's there's movement. Uh, it does seem like there's there's an uptick in that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah it would be memories of the James Lofton, Johnny Jefferson. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Listen, those were receivers. The, yeah. The by the way, for any of you kids <laughs> listening, that's really old. Yeah. So, oh, real quick, I wanted to touch on these two things, Brad. I know you guys got to get going. Badgers, what happened? Fickle, what is he doing? Uh, Running little swing passes to Braylon Allen. That's a power back. But it's not. That's not the offense anymore. Is, is Braylon Allen a fit for that offense? The way Braylon Ooh. Allen runs. That's not the. It's not the old Badger offense that we've uh, come to know. And the Badger offense aligns a little iffy right now too. I don't think they're used to playing that kind of temp. They're not. They're not. They didn't draft or draft. They didn't recruit guys to. I think they're in the wrong system. I'm not. I've never been a fan of the air raid. The, the air raid. Well, no. he needs he needs he does need his guys in, you know, to kind of fit that system. That, but yeah, I don't know if if we'll see. Uh, I don't. I I just I remember I was thinking about that during the game and I was watching. I was like, man, is Braylon Allen really a fit for how they really want to play? Well, and is his offense the offensive players? They don't look very, I guess, lack of a better term, calm playing. Long every shot of Phil Longo that I saw on the during the broadcast, he was just. Mattered in heck every time, not just calm, calling plays. It was just yelling this, that. You, you could read what he was saying, <laughs> read his lips. And I thought, is him being like this affecting the way this offense is moving? And Mordecai is highly inconsistent. I mean, I guess on paper this all sounded great at the beginning of the season. Mordecai! But it's not playing out <laughs> Wasn't well. that the evil wizard from the Smurfs, Mordecai? Uh, was it? It might have. I think it's Mar- Mordecai, wasn't Mordecai, wasn't it? Was it Mordecai? Mordecai, we got to get those. Smokes. I don't know. Oh no, that's it's Gargamel. Gargamel, <laughs> same thing. Sounds yeah. like, sounds, it still it sounds, sounds evil. Cool. It sounds cool. menacing. Yeah. He had a great touchdown pass though, where he was he on did. the run, and it was like, wow, that that is a yeah. heck of a throw. Then he does that, and then he turns around. And it's like, well, really? they they had one late. Was that was that the end where they just needed like I don't know how many they didn't need that five yards maybe, and he threw it like thirty yards downfield, and he had like visions of Aaron Rodgers again, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then I don't know. It's a feeling out, and that's why you know. <laughs> All these Badger fans, oh, yeah, national championship playoffs, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, it takes time to meld this. It takes time. Maybe I'm wrong. You guys can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. They're out of the playoff race now. Oh, oh, oh yeah, for the net, yeah. That knocks them out. I don't How care. How many wins? Well, I, you, I was just looking at their schedule, Rosie. Uh, they have Georgia Southern. That's a win. Purdue should be a win. Rutgers should be a win. Iowa's going to be interesting, but Iowa's offense is challenged. Probably a win at Camp Randall. Illinois at Illinois could be interesting with Brett Bielema and now Jim yeah. Leonard's helping yeah. out. Yeah. Then you have Ohio State at Camp Randall, Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota will be interesting too because the Gophers have gotten them twice. That's eight. a lot. That's a lot of wins. Eight or nine wins probably for at, at the very least. Eight. Sounds like yeah. I think defensively is a little bit of a concern too. Uh, the Cougars were having their way offensively. Yeah. Then then yeah. things got shored up. It seems like. Uh, and I don't know what the adjustments exactly were made, but then Washington State, when when they needed to make some plays, mm-hmm. they were able to. That's, that's a fun, that's a fun uh, team to watch. Washington State has two straight wins for the Cougs over uh, the Badgers and he, <laughs> Ricardo Rosie. You know, I'm going to say it. the uh, head coach is a UW Stevens Point alum. Yes, know you would for say Washington that. State. Yes. Hmm? Oh, and uh, who did we see Kansas beat over the weekend? Kansas football. Yeah, and that's a. Uh, and who are they coached and by? He's yeah. from the the guy from Whitewater. <laughs> Whitewater. Yeah. Leap, uh, Leopold. Leopold. Yeah. yeah, they they beat. Uh, well, they beat Illinois, thirty-four uh, twenty-three. <laughs> I can't stand. But you, Steve, our friend Steve Jones has, has helped out the Washington State yeah. and program. the Packers. Yeah, and then we see him on the Packers sideline. Yeah. Yeah. I like Washington State's QB. Steve Jones, a fan of our podcast. Steve, he is. What, what were you doing wearing the headsets? Are you calling plays? Are you yeah. calling plays right now? What's <laughs> we, going on? We might have to have him on again just to talk about his experience doing this. Uh, you know, dabbling in the NFL and things like that. Maybe we can get them on again. Before we wrap up, it's probably worth our listeners to know that we will have 
as part of the new format, yes. uh, interviews with, yes. with people, all right? So we're going to kind of expand in that sense. Yes, that, that is correct, Brett. And I'd be remiss if we did, if you didn't, I'll, I'll let you, Brett, just have the last word when it comes to the Brewers because we're going to wrap things up here. But closing in on that NL Central title, uh, relatively speaking, I, I should say there's still a lot of baseball left, but feeling good about your brew crew, I know you are. Uh, am I ever feeling good about the Brewers? I don't know. How about Woody with a, with a complete game last night beating the Marlins? A Af- complete game? Whoa, wait yeah. a minute. After, what, the previous day when they threw 10 no-hit innings and still couldn't win? The first 10-inning no-hit uh, performance in team history and you still lose to the Yankees? That was an embarrassment. Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. Hit the ball for Pete's sake. That's going to be their downfall, right? Yeah. I mean, I've watched a ton of Brewers yeah. games. They're pitching so good. Though. Pitching so good, yeah. but I, I don't trust their bats. I don't trust their bats. I, I could see getting in the playoffs and, and losing 2-1, 3-2. See, I could see them getting in the playoffs and, 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 and scratching their way to wins because their pitching is so dominant. But can they get past the Dodgers slash Braves? Ugh. That'd be a hell of a story. Great lineups, because though. Because you meant how much money the Dodgers have spent. <laughs> yeah. But those lineups are just yeah. nasty, well, nasty did, lineups. Did the Padres outspend the Dodgers? I think or it might Dodgers have, actually. It, anyway, it's, a, it's, yeah. it's, it's the equivalent of a small GDP of a small country. <laughs> but, you know, spending. the Cubs still worry me. They, they, you know, just, They've been playing the, better, The Brewers yeah. just can't get that enough separation. What are they? I think three games up right now with, what, 19, 18 to play, something like that. And they have the Cubs. That he, At he, the end of the year, right? Don't I, they? I don't want that series to have anything to do with anything. I want yeah. the Brewers to have it wrapped up and not have the Cubs come to American Family Field and, and spoil the party. Uh, Let me tell you something. For the first time in a long time, I don't have to worry about anything with my Cardinals. Yeah, they're the bottom yeah. division. You know, I, I was just waiting all year. When are they going to start winning? Again? Yeah, they it's never did. Happen. It's, yeah. You know, it happens every. They'll have that one or two year bad uh, couple of years, and then they're they're back to competing again. I'm excited to see some of these young Brewers prospects, though. When, when are they bringing you, up Churio? Yeah, he's got to be next year, right? Okay. And then what do you, what do you do with Yelich? Yes. Yelich now might have a little bit more trade value because he's played better this year. I would get rid of the guy. I, I would trade him. If you got all the, the, these stud outfielders, Garrett Mitchell should be back too. And you got Freelich and, and then Weimer. You're probably going to have to trade one of, another one of those guys too. And uh, and they got some pitching prospects as well, so they're kind of stocked. What are their farm system ranks? Second or third right now in, in baseball? It's it's been a fantastic pipeline that they've had coming yeah. up. It's it's really remarkable, and I give a lot of credit to the scouts, Brett, doing yeah. a good job with those picks. Yeah, no doubt about it. Timber just, just had their first round pick. Was it Brock Wukin uh, there, mm. the, the the third baseman? And he's a college guy, so he is fast track to the big leagues. Is uh, I could see him in a couple of years probably. Yeah. And and we're talking to the Timber Rattlers uh, the other day and. They were very impressed with, with this guy. They're like, wow, this guy can play some baseball. So maybe the third baseman of the future right there. You just need to resign counsel. Well, I think that's his choice. I <laughs> yeah. think, yeah, I think the Brewers yeah. are leaving it up to him. I, I think with his kids, what he's got two kids in, in baseball, uh, in college baseball, one in Minnesota, the other is at Michigan. And I think counsel's probably also thinking, what, what's ownership going to do here? You know, are we going to are we going to spend some money? Are we going to make serious runs? Or are we just going to kind of, eh, you know, fill the lineups with guys like Brian Anderson and, and who else? Uh, Rowdy Telez and, and, and those guys. Are we going to get serious? Because he's he's a darn good manager, mm. no doubt about it. But so I, I don't know. I think the ball's in his court. I think it's his decision to make. I think the Brewers want him back. Why wouldn't you want Craig Council back? He's 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 really yeah. good. I'll tell you what. That wraps up our nine two zero sports podcast. The first time we've had it under that branding. Brett, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to say in two weeks, let's reconvene again here. I'm going to try my darndest to get a coach in studio here so we can talk it'll be from one of our top teams in the area if not that then on the phone we've done that in the past as well so let's plan on that guys two weeks from now reconvene another episode of 920 sports brett uh rosie i gotta get rosie and brett out here because they're on their way to wrightstown <laughs> to do a, a, a live stream check so everyone thanks you for tuning in don't forget to to subscribe please and then offer any comments you might you can subscribe on google play on apple itunes or on stitcher so please do that if you haven't done it already until uh, what two weeks from now everyone have a great week we'll see you back here for another episode of 920 sports